We want to welcome you to the Bible teaching ministry of Fellowship Bible Church, where our desire is to honor God by faithful obedience to His Word. If you want to understand the Bible better, please continue to listen. You can reach us with questions or for more teaching audio and print material at our website, fbcaa.org. You can also watch our services live at fbcaa.org live. We want to thank you for listening and pray that you will be edified. Good morning. Yes, there is a large audience this morning. That's good. I have a title for what I'm planning to say. And the title is Life, Death, and Eternal Life. That's the title. We have here on the platform a copy of the Bible. The Bible is from God. We unapologetically make that assertion here at this church. It's the foundation. And it is the only primary source from which to get accurate information about sin, death, eternal life. And so if you don't have a Bible, whatever information that you have gathered, if it hasn't been gathered from the Bible, don't trust it. Now we are, uh, of course, aware that there are many who do not accept the premise that we just laid out. They don't accept the Bible as the word of God, and they carry on as if it doesn't matter, but it does. When we look at life around us and in us, I think every soul knows that sin is real and that we all are partakers And if that is the case, we ought to want to understand something beyond the fact that we're sinners. And one of those things that we learn, that as a consequence of sin, we have what might be called an appointment. An appointment. Sin created for us an appointment. And you know what? There's not going to be a single person who's going to miss it. No one is going to be late. If ever you miss every appointment in life, that's just that one you will not. Some people would like to. They wish they could. And sometimes contrive into their minds that by some means... Maybe they can, but they can't. I made those remarks. Now I'm going to read from the scripture. Because as I started out, we said that the only primary source for accurate information about this is the Bible. 
In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 4, we read these words. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And then in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17 it says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. You shall surely die. Death is prominent. Another of my first cousins was laid to rest just last week. And I've had so many of them who have departed, not counting other people who I know and have been close to. And so death is real, and we need to understand that. It came because of sin, and we need to understand that too. But there is a prospect of eternal life, and we need to understand that for sure. Because otherwise, otherwise. And so lifespan considerations are a part of our experience. Oftentimes we talk about how old we are and how old someone is. And, and I often talk about this first cousin my dad has who is near 105 now, uh, <laughs> next month, uh, November 4th. But how long is 105 in the span of time? How long? Not long. And so lifespan considerations were not a part of the early experience or the first experience of human life. It was not a consideration before the fall, but after the fall. It is a consideration. And while we are told in Scripture that we ought to be mindful of our bodies and how we treat them and what we do with them, so as to preserve life in a healthy form as long as we can, we ought to do that. But we know that a terminal point is coming. And so the consequence or a consequence of the fall is that we all then have that appointment that I mentioned just briefly ago in these remarks. And so the title, so we, and I have these different titles in my notes. The first one we just covered, that sin enters into the human sphere followed by death. And my next heading is the brevity of life in the flesh. And I've just talked about that to some extent as well. But physical life, as we know it, does have limits. And I'm going to read a few verses of scripture to kind of help us to get another focus right now on this brevity of life notion. In Psalm 39, and what I call 5b, because it's not starting at the first part of that verse. 
He says, indeed, you have made my days as hand breaths, and my age is as nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best is but a vapor. Every man at his best is but a vapor. What's a vapor? How long does it last? It comes and it goes. And it seems as if it had never been because it goes so quickly. In Psalm 39, 11, we read these words. When with rebukes you correct man for iniquity, you make his beauty melt away like a moth. Surely every man is a vapor. And in James chapter 4, uh, 14, 414b, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. The point of bringing up this idea of the brevity of life is just really to refocus our minds on the idea that while we don't live in dread of the incoming, we ought to be aware of what it all is all about. And we should have a biblical understanding of where actually we are and what it really means that life is coming to its end. I'm going to read some verses from John chapter 3, which I have listed under the next heading that I have in my notes. And that heading is eternal life, which has no limit, is available. That's good news. If we think of the part of death coming as not so good news, the fact that eternal life is available is good news. And so in John chapter 3, I'm going to start with the first three verses. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Everyone should desire to see the kingdom of God. But it can't happen apart from being born again. And so it's important to understand what that means and how to get there. And the only reliable source for that is the Bible. Now I'm going to read on, starting in verse 4, also in chapter 3 of John. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? So you see that he is thinking on the natural plane, his natural milieu, 
He knows what it means to be born of a woman, of a mother. And when he's told he has to be born again, he's still thinking in those terms. Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Now I'm going to skip down to John chapter 3, verses 14 to 16. And here's what it says. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Eternal life is available. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Eternal life is available. But it is only through Christ and what he did to provide it. And so we have to receive him. We have to understand as a sinner, there's nothing we can do to make ourselves commendable to God. Sinners are limited. And we can't do that. But what we can do is accept the plan that God provided. Accept the solution that he gave and embrace it and make it our own. And he enables us to do that. And so we pray that anyone who has not already done it will do it. Because as I get to my next heading, it says this. A dichotomy. You know what a dichotomy is. This and that and there are only two. A dichotomy, eternal life or eternally condemned, a dichotomy that we can think of every person in that dichotomy. There's a place where it's proper to understand that people are in categories, one of those two. A lot of categorizing that we see in our day today doesn't make any sense. But these two are important, and people ought to understand that. And so in John chapter 3, in verse 36, it says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. It reminds me of a remark, a remark that was made in the men's prayer meeting yesterday that sometimes people will say they're angry at God, but what if you were to think, what if God is angry with you? 
what is his wrath is on you. Think about it from his perspective. And then in John chapter 10, the chapter of the Good Shepherd, I will read it verses 11, 7 through 11. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd. The dichotomy. Eternal life or eternally condemned. In John chapter 3, in verses 17 to 19, we find these words. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Eternal life is available, but the, the dichotomy holds. And now to my last heading. And here's what my last heading says. The Lord's table observation is for those who are not condemned. That's the heading. While it is said in the context of a physical death that occurred historically, the table service is a commemoration of the gateway to eternal life. Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way and the, and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me, or th except through me. And then the last reference, scripture reference I have is 1 Corinthians chapter 11. In verses 23 to 26, we often use this when we are observing the Lord's table. And this is a, what is recorded. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, The cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. As we participate in the table of the Lord, we marvel at the cost of the gateway to eternal life. I appreciate your kind attention. <laughs> 